3: This is The Edge with Jonathan von and Matt Humans on Feast End, the Sports Betting Network.
4: All right, what up? Welcome in. We got a good show on tap today. It's just me and humans today. No genius guest to join us for the next 60 minutes, but a lot to go over. As this is, I said this the other day, humans, absolutely the best time of the year because, one, you get a holiday wrapped around food, which is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the other part is, it's Feast Week. So college hoops all day, all night, every single day, all week long. It's rivalry
3: week, Mm -hmm. and we get the
4: NFL starting uh, in pretty much full swing on Thursday with three games.
3: There is no better time of year than Thanksgiving week. This probably is the best week on the sports calendar. Yes. Even though the first week of the NCAA tournament for me is always tough to top. Christmas.
4: Don't forget Christmas Day.
3: You know, I could do without (laughs) the NBA on Christmas Day. Uh, It's it's the first week of the uh, NCAA tournament, and this week I think have to be the best Uh, weeks on the sports calendar you You know know, uh, there was one thing I could do without this week though yes I was seeing the Giants on Monday night football
4: yeah 30 to 10 the final score and I got to tell you after the first drive I knew I was actually going to text you but I was like there's no bother because he knows the same thing I knew they were cooked knew it was over after the first drive the defense looked absolutely atrocious, and then the offense comes out and looks just as bad. So the Buccaneers actually closed here at the south point as a 10 and point favorite. Some spots actually closed 11 and But regardless, they get the money because they cover, win by 20 points, game goes under the total. But the offense was absolutely atrocious. If you looked at it, you know, it's funny, on the broadcast they said, the Giants are pulling out all the stops. And at halftime they had less than 100 yards, and they were averaging four yards per play.
3: Yeah, because they threw a, a pass to Andrew Thomas. Yep. An offensive tackle. That's, I guess that's pulling out all the stops.
4: <laughs> oh, and an end around, right? We ran an end around yeah, as I well. ran
3: one trick play.
4: <laughs> but, but it was terrible. You see some of the statistics there. Only 15 first downs, 1-9 on third down for the New York Giants. Uh, in the red zone, that touchdown that we're talking about, uh, that, of course, was to the big guy, the thick six as they call them, three turnovers for the Giants yesterday, but an anemic some and performance, and a lot of fingers to point. Uh, but I think last night there was only really one finger to and at that one person, and uh, we saw this up in the New York tabloids as well. New York Post cover, without naming names, Joe, Joe Judge, puts Garrett in line of fire after latest debacle. Judge and Fury, and that Fury met humans, led to a dismissal. As we get the news earlier today that Jason Garrett is no longer the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants.
3: Yeah, and you knew this was going to happen last night. Uh, As soon as this game was over, actually before the game was over, uh, Jason Garrett was cooked and it was obvious. I'm going to go back to when Joe Judge was hired and I said, why in the world would you bring in Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator? That's a bad move right off the start. And, um, you know, Joe Judge might end up paying for this with his job. You just uh, – when you're a head coach, the first big decisions you have to make are the staff you put together. Why in the hell would you hire Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator?
4: To develop your quarterback of the future, by the way, right? Like, that's the other part about it.
3: To mend just, the young did, mind of Daniel Jones. Didn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, right now they're going to replace him with Freddie Kitchens and uh, you fire Larry fire Larry, and replace him with Curly, And that's what the judge – Joe Judge Giants are going to do here. It's just one Stooge follows another, and pretty soon all the Stooges are going to be out the door because Dave Gettleman's going to be gone, Joe Judge is going to be gone. The first head to roll had to be somebody, and it's it's Jason Garrett. And it was no surprise because the offense had 215 total yards last night. You sent me a clip that was hilarious. It was like the three Stooges last night. The Giants ran a play on third and two where they had three receivers collide in the middle of the field they had two offensive linemen to block, and Dama and Sue, and two of them couldn't do it. One whiffed, and uh, and uh, Daniel Jones oh. got hit in the face. It's it's amazing that they couldn't get the protection right. They had all the routes wrong. It just uh, it looked like. A bad high school offense. If you were a high school coach, you would have been embarrassed by that. So you knew J- Jason Garrett was going to take the fall first.
4: Yeah, that was incredible. Brian Baldinger is where you can find the clip up on his Twitter account. Uh, running man beaters against a zone. And like you mentioned, having five to stop three guys, and you still can't even do that along the offensive line. Well, the center blocked nobody. Right, just sat there. He was like the cop in the in the Pistons video I sent you, right? <laughs> yeah, he's just right. sitting there. He's just like, oh, hey, there's Ndamukong Sue <laughs> going to destroy Daniel Jones. And, look, I think, like you said – at the end of the day, I think Garrett's play calling was absolutely atrocious. The fourth down late, where they were still in the you know the ability to cover, and they run a terrible fourth down play where it's a fake play action where Rolls was right. Everything's covered. He has got nothing. And Daniel Jones throws an incomplete pass. Uh, but like Daniel Jones wasn't performing very well at all yesterday uh, under pressure last night. Which by the way, he was under pressure on fifty five percent of his dropbacks. One touchdown, two picks. Had two turnover worthy plays. Committed, uh, completed seven of his twenty pass attempts under pressure for forty three yards last night. It was just. A terrible performance all the way around, and I, I was actually—it was amazing that the Bucks didn't, you know, start covering until about the third quarter last night. Mm-hmm. The Tom Brady interception, of course, yeah. doesn't help. Right, all of those little things that didn't that worked against him. At the end of the day, the Giants uh, absolutely atrocious. And now you go on the road next week uh, as a home underdog to take on the Philadelphia Eagles with a new guy calling plays. <laughs> See if that works. But I a guess new,
3: a new stooge calling plays. Is it fair to say that
4: Freddie <laughs> Kitchens did get the job in Cleveland because he did come along? in that short stint as play caller for the Uh, Browns and do a decent uh, job. I'm not going to say that. No? Okay.
3: Uh. All right.
4: Try to find the positives.
3: I think he got the job because Baker Mayfield was his buddy. I don't know. (laughs) That lasted. (laughs) That friendship was tried and true. Larry, the cable guy, is not going to work out as Giants offense coordinator, just like he didn't work out as a Browns coach. But the Giants have uh, much bigger concerns. they got concerns all over that roster. Dave Gettleman's done a poor job putting this team together. And uh, the Saquon Barkley injuries obviously have, haven't uh, helped at all. And Barkley came back last night. We thought, at least I thought he might be a boost to the offense. He's rusty. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can tell he hadn't been out there for a while. And it just didn't have many chances to make big plays because it's a giant scheme. Every time he gets the ball, the first thing he's got to do is avoid two tacklers. Yep. Uh, he never gets the ball in space where he can actually uh, really get free and make a play. I, I think the only reason the Buccaneers did not blow this game open earlier is because of that pass from Brady that bounced off Mike Evans' face yep. and uh, the Giants picked up. They got a lucky break there. And uh, otherwise, I think this would have been a, a bigger blowout. I'm, I'm just ticked off at myself for using the Giants as a, a contest play. Yep, me too. Plus 11. Ruined my perfect just, week. Uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a wasted pick on the Giants, and i uh, got to try to get it back this week.
4: So, both teams move on next week. Like I mentioned, Philadelphia will go on the road to take on the New York Giants. Uh, Philly was on the list of plays for me to consider for next week. I, or, excuse me, I, the Giants were against Philly, but uh, that has definitely been knocked down a couple of pegs on the list. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, will go on to take on the Indianapolis Colts next week. They are on the road, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Indy. With that, I mentioned it's the best time of year, so we do have college hoops uh, that are currently underway right now. Do you have anything in these morning games? Uh, Butler, uh, after a um, – Less than inspirational performance yesterday, missing some personnel down 10 right now to Texas A&M, 746 left to go. Butler closes a 2.5-point underdog with a total of 123.5. This is uh, the matchup in the Maui Jim Maui Invitational that is happening up the street from here.
3: I did not because uh, how poorly Butler played yesterday. And Texas A&M is probably going to be somewhere around an 8th place, ninth place team in the SEC. Yep. Buzz Williams uh, does not have much of a team, lost one of his best players, transferred to TCU. Uh, so I'm I'm not really higher either of these teams. I think Butler's got a chance to be pretty good eventually because they've got so many veterans, you got like 90 percent of uh, their scoring back from a year ago. But this team's looked so bad here early in the season that I could not back Butler in this spot. Um, Aaron Moore, who's a contributor to VSN, had a good play this morning. He said take Middle Tennessee over Ryder, yeah, and uh, that, that panned out 60 to 50, 60 to 54. Uh, Middle Tennessee got that win. Closes a one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, A game about to tip off. I almost played this morning. I should have played it. I I knew Houston minus five was a cheap number. And uh, got bet up to seven or seven-and-a-half against Wisconsin. Uh, But I didn't pull the trigger fast enough before the line move, and I didn't want to take the worst of it. But um, uh, I, I actually made the number Houston seven. It sat there five for several hours. And uh, that's just another example. You you can't uh, sit on your, your hands. you got to pull the trigger because these numbers will move fast. If they're off just a little bit in uh, college hoops, I th- I think this game starts in about an hour, right? Right, yeah, 2 o'clock. Okay.
4: Yeah, so probably a little bit over actually just an hour from now. Uh, scared money don't make money. That's what the kids say, right? Uh, how about this? is? And I know we're going to have more analysis on yeah. this later, uh, but it's worth noting because this is the game of the night and we've had quite the line move here. How about Gonzaga? I mean, I guess I'm not entirely surprised. No. Opens five and a half. Now we're up to seven pretty much everywhere with a total of 155 and a half. And UCLA gets a scare put in them yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lackadaisical performance against a lesser well, opponent, no I think, clearly looking ahead to who they had today in the number one team of the country. So maybe this is it. But Gonzaga's probably going to get this kind of support as the season goes on, especially once you get into conference play, as the perception of the WCC is not very good, but still a pretty quality conference. Regardless, one-and-a-half-point move in favor of the Bulldogs here.
3: Uh, not that surprised. I made the number four. Part of that's because Cody Riley, the Bruins' best big man, is out. Yeah. And I've downgraded UCLA a point, actually, from my preseason. And I added another point um, because of Cody Riley. So, I actually get to about four-and-a-half on this number. And my number might be a little bit off, but – I still think the Zags are a little bit overrated, uh, but UCLA has not impressed me with the way it's played for the most part here early in the season. Should have lost that game to Villanova at home, got lucky to rally, get some help from the officials to rally to get that game to overtime. Uh, But with Cody Riley out, see, that that was one big reason why I had this game circled. I thought UCLA was going to be a big play. is because I I still think Gonzaga's weakness is going to be around the rim. I think they're a little bit, as a team, too young and inexperienced, mm-hmm. and they don't have much beef around the rim, and that's one thing that Cody Riley brings with the Bruins. Now, he's not going to be there. It uh, looks like he's not going to play tonight, so I'm not surprised the Zags are taking money here. And last night, Tiger Campbell, the point guard for UCLA, was terrible. Yeah, he was. And he's going to have to be terrific for <laughs> UCLA to win that game tonight. It's going to be, uh, you're going to need big games from Johnny Juzang and Hawkwez and I think UCLA can hang in there. Seven to me is still a little bit too much, but I'm not surprised the number is at seven.
4: Big test for a defense that right now is actually one of the best in the country. But when you take on three teams that are ranked 310th or Hi, all right. they, but the but Zags have played and, three yeah. of the
3: worst teams on the planet. Yeah, yeah. exactly,
4: and, and by Ken Palm Ratings, too. Uh, all right, we'll get to the rest of the card, too, because there's a lot of college hoops to get to. Uh, St. Mary's last night, for example, we texted about this. Dan Fog, too, yesterday. looked fantastic for the Gales, and they went over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. There's a lot of good college hoops on the card. When we come back, uh, we'll discuss a little bit about the association. Uh, there's a lot of news and a lot of actually uh, impactful player news to get to on this short card here in the association, including one team in SoCal having a little bit of a COVID scare. And that's why we've seen a big line. Hey
5: guys, it's Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the fade this podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's really Creighton, you don't watch Creighton, you do watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. And then they're never at any of those, those nev- Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- <laughs> you, you telling me? the the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
1: Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Billy
2: Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. This is The Edge on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: All right, the v Black Friday offer is here right now when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special. You also receive a $20 credit to the v store. Get all of our experts' sports betting analysis, insights and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy the v sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, Another great gear for the holidays. Hurry. This is a limited time offer. Sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday. Get vcin.com slash subscribe. Look at that lime green Brent Musburger shirt. Cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's gotta be green, right? Is
4: it Brent's favorite color?
3: Green is the color of money.
4: I get it. Okay. <laughs> Got it? Right. Okay. I mean, I, it's not that color green, though. You know what I mean? So that's <laughs> what kind of throws me off a little bit. But all right, all right. There is a purpose, I guess, to everything. There is a purpose to everything. All right. So NBA today, uh, very short card in the association, making way for college hoops we could watch all day long. Um, there is some news for a lot of these contests, though. Uh, we'll start with the big news of the day. LeBron James, Matt Humans, will not be making an appearance tonight in New York, in the Mecca of all places. I remember, I will say, look at the ESPN stats and info, by the way. Uh, he'll miss the Lakers game at the Knicks. For his career, he's averaged 28.1 points per game at Madison Square Garden. The third most all-time behind Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant.
3: Minimum 15 games. JVT, all the big-time stars love playing at the Mecca. It's the grandest stage yep, in the association. That's why they've all chosen to play for the Knicks. No, they, they like to go there as a visitor. Oh, put on a show okay, for the yeah. New York fans. They like to... Uh, you, someday you'll appreciate the, uh, the garden for what it is.
4: Can I tell you my favorite memory of the garden? There's only one. MJ,
3: Kobe, your guy, LeBron, they all love playing in the Mecca. I was in New York, came out of Penn Station, right, the subway. Came out of the subway, You yep. couldn't find it. He said, where the hell is the garden? Well, no, there's that, yeah.
4: there's that. And then somebody was like, oh, it's above you. I was like, oh, okay, that's great. Uh, but I walked out, and right in front, this was right. This is LeBron James' final, uh, the year of free agency. There's a big sign. And you know what it said to the best basketball player in the universe? Not, please come to New York. It was, LeBron, you think you're the king. You come to New York and prove it. Be Uh, a Nick.
3: Are you serious? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Who are you? I can do it. (laughs) This
4: challenge LeBron to come in and and prove it? Get out of here. But, hey, people love going to the Garden, right? Magic.
3: Mecca. It is a great place. Have have you watched an association game at the Garden? No, I've not. Okay, you got to do that sometime. All right, I'll go. It is a good atmosphere, but it's great for college too. It's first of all when you see the arena from the outside when you walk out of the subway, you're like, wow, what a dump." (laughs) (laughs) But it is is what I thought. It's a great venue for hoops. It really is.
4: So, uh, next uh, up to Uh, a seven. Let's talk about the
3: suspension quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we talked about the Isaiah Stewart Lebron. We call it brawl where Lebron threw the cheap shot, then Isaiah Stewart wanted to kill him. How do you feel about the one-game sus- suspension for the King and two games for Stewart? I think it's a little bit too light for both players. Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, I think, I, sh- I think we saw this coming, too, that LeBron would get the lesser of the suspensions as well. Uh, but I would agree. I mean, especially, like, that was, what was that, like three days removed from the anniversary of Mal- Malice of the Palace? Mm-hmm. So it was pretty, it was, to juxtapose that anniversary with what happened that day, uh, it is pretty interesting to see such a light-handed punishment for both of them. Uh, considering everything that happened on the court that day. And especially for LeBron. Like, if you watched what happened, he was clearly frustrated mm-hmm. and took a smack at him, as we talked about the other day. Did he mean to bust his eye open? No. But did he mean to hit him and kind of send a message because he was irritated at the, the game at that point, which they were down by, I think, 12, if I remember right. correctly? Like, yeah, absolutely.
3: So I th- I'm not surprised, well, but I think it should be more. a fist at somebody's face... You can't say later, well, I didn't mean to bust his eye open. <laughs> right. well, you threw a <laughs> fist in his face. Let me, you let me get his happen? phone number so I can so, call him and yeah, apologize. I'm going to call and apologize, and can you please trim that suspension in half? Yep. I thought he should have got three games, and Stewart probably should have got you know three to five. Yep. Something like that. No, I'd agree. But also the NBA, I understand it's a business. You don't want to sideline your superstars. Like tonight, Knicks fans at the Mecca, they wanted to see the king. Right. He's not going to be there. Uh, They're going to get robbed of the experience because he threw the cheap shot at Isaiah Stewart. Not
4: only is the King not going to be there, uh, there's a chance Anthony Davis isn't going to be there either, which well, is why this number. I not really want to watch
3: him hoist up um, <laughs> errant three-pointers all night.
4: Well, imagine if you bought a ticket like months in advance. You're like, I get to see LeBron and the Lakers, and it's Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. You <laughs>
3: <Well, laughs> might get a chance to see the Knicks win. <laughs>
4: right. well, that's a good point. Uh, those have been few and far between. The Knicks have not been covering all of numbers, and uh, they have... The Knicks have totally become the team that you and I kind of thought they were going to be coming into this season. That's why I have them under the wind total. You know, they everything – it's funny, after after five games, right, a lot of people were buying in, were buying tickets for people for Christmas to beat the Atlanta Hawks because it was a gift, all yep. sorts of things. Uh-huh. Uh, but this now this Knicks <laughs> team is now kind of starting to come back down to earth, and which why, too, by the way, like seven, even if Anthony Davis doesn't play. I was texting with somebody earlier today – I was like, I don't want a piece of laying that. Like The Knicks still are very volatile as a team. Their defense is still very questionable in terms of the three-point shots that they allow. Right. right, You saw it against the Orlando Magic. They barely covered against the Houston Rockets team that, by the way, is one of the worst this month in terms of covering numbers. I wrote about it this week for Points Red Weekly. So uh, the Knicks, I get the situation. I get why the market would move in this direction, but way too much for me uh, to want
3: to be laying that.
4: With Yeah, the I Knicks. thought
3: this uh, adjustment was a little bit, too much. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was surprised. I was thinking maybe somewhere around four and a half or five. But uh, anyway. Yep.
4: Uh, the other, I mentioned uh, COVID scare. So uh, the uh, Clippers today had to cancel practice for health and safety protocol reasons. So we. I haven't seen any update. This was about an hour ago. So I haven't seen any update as to anybody affected uh, in terms of the health and safety protocol or if anything had happened or if it was just like a close contact thing and everybody just had to uh, get out of the, um, the uh, arena for the for the practice. But regardless... Om uh, Young Masook, who retweeted this and is a reporter who? there. Uh, Om Young Masook, he's okay. a reporter for gotcha. the uh, okay. Los Angeles Clippers, uh, canceled morning shoot around for precautionary reasons. So, no word as to what's going to happen if there's anybody missing, but this is why we're down to like three and a half in some spots, four. There's questions about whether Luka Doncic is going to play. There's one report from the Dallas Morning News on Monday that he actually aggravated the knee injury that has caused him to miss the last mm. three games at the end of practice the other day. So I don't know if he's really going to be available here for the Mavericks, but this number is representing those two things kind of mixed together, the questions about Luka Doncic and the COVID scare for the Los Angeles Clippers uh, from earlier today. So see if the Clippers can turn it out. But the big news for the Clippers today, if they're going to be at full strength or relative full strength, Marcus Morris back in the lineup today. He missed uh, a good chunk of the season. He's only played in two games from the first two games of the season. Uh, this is really big for them because Nick Batum's out with COVID. And on top of that, their offense has been awful. Their three-point shooting hasn't been that good. Uh, they need another valve offensively in a small ball five. And that's what Marcus Morris gives to them here. So Clippers four, didn't have a play there. I had a play on a total in one of the other games uh, that we'll mention in best bets. And the last game to talk about, humans, the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, who this is my – I t- talked about this on the podcast last week. By the way, Aaron Renning's going to be on the podcast later today, Hardwood handicappers. Nikola Jokic is more valuable to his team by far than Steph Curry. Like, if you're really considering MVP, if you look at the numbers, uh-huh. how, about, how about this? Their net rating improves by over 20 points when he is on and off the court. It's incredible what he has meant for this team from offense, defense, everything. But he's still dealing with a wrist injury. Portland Trailblazers, 8-1 uh, and one at home, 7-2 to two against the spread. They've been much better when they're playing at home. Up to 6.5 with a total of 2.14.5. I think this kind of represents the fact that uh, Nikola Jokic not going to be out there for the Denver Nuggets tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. So.
3: You know, I don't discount his value, obviously, but uh, I would have to think when you're talking about the MVP voting, Curry's oh yeah Curry's going to have a big edge because people love the threes. Uh, they love the, f- the flair he plays with. And you just don't like to vote for guys to win that thing back-to-back, especially when he's not – necessarily he's a, a marquee type a, player yeah when he's like a center that. right People love to vote for guards and high scoring guards and uh, they don't want to bet I don't think they necessarily want to vote for a guy like that to win back to back
4: right well I think you're right and especially when you look at last year where I think there was a really strong case we made for Curry uh, to still win that award over Nikola Jokic right even though Jokic had an incredible season statistically and was like leading the league and like I think it was like eight different statistical categories or whatever it was uh, so I think you're right like and by the way, it's only November twenty third, so if by the time we get to April, mm-hmm. and I don't know, James Harden is the MVP, would it really be that surprising? We're only a month into it at this point right now. <laughs>
3: no, so. I think last year uh, I probably saw eight different MVP favorites, and none of them were Jokic until the end. <laughs> right. Until,
4: <laughs> well, and then and until all the MVPs went down with injury, and then all of a sudden right. we we're looking around. I was like, well, <laughs> right. he's the best statistical MVP at this point right now. So, and still, by the way. No Michael Porter Jr. for the Denver Nuggets. Bones Highland is out as well. We know that Jamal Murray's not out there, so this team has not been good. And the Blazers' third-best net rating at home this season, plus 10.9 per 100 possessions. Damian Lillard also, sneaky issue with the Portland Trail Blazers beginning of the year. Uh, Damian Lillard, through his first nine games, uh, 21, let's see, 21.7% on 9.2 three-point attempts per game. But over the last seven, 38.2% on Mm 9.7 attempts per game. So, He's turning things around. Trailblazers are getting a little bit better. So I think that's why this number's up a full point on top of that. So we'll save the rest of the analysis for Miami and Detroit. But uh, Heat 8.5, 206.5 was the opening number up to 208 in a lot of spots. A real quick update, too, because we're going to get back to college hoops on the other side. Uh, Butler and Texas A&M. Butler's making it something. 52 to 46 right now. Minute 55 left to go in the second half against Texas A&M. That's here at the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. And we're going to get Houston and that matchup coming up in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, huh. the, Ma-
3: the Maui Invitational at Mandalay Bay is what I call it. It's just not the same yeah. when it's in Maui. I, I, I think you almost should call it the Mandalay Bay Invitational. <laughs> I know they're trying to make it Hawaiian with the paintings on the floor Did in you see the Jay background. Billis, the, yeah. the clip they put up last night. Uh, I saw Jay Bellis also filming a uh, like a, a comedic skit in a sports book. Yeah, that's what he, they played Bay. yesterday. I think he yeah. bet on
4: he bet on Incarnate something. Word to win the whole yeah, thing.
3: It was, it be, was yeah. just a it was a joke, obviously, but. Uh, I like the fact that the, the sports sports betting themes getting so involved in all these broadcasts.
4: Now. Yeah, now they can finally right yeah. they're
3: out here. All right, we'll come back.
4: Uh, there's a few more games to touch on in terms of college hoops. Humans says best bets in college hoops as well. NBA for me too. We'll wrap up the last thirty minutes here on the Edge.
3: This is the Edge on VCN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. So you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head on over to zen.com slash find a located store near you. That's Z-Y-N dot com slash find. Warning. This product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. 24 seconds to go. Texas A&M 53, Butler 50, and the Aggies going to the free throw line.
4: All right. We will keep you abreast. There is some point spread shenanigans involved in this, right? Texas A&M about uh, had a two-and-a-half-point favorite or so. So we'll see if Butler can maybe find their way inside of a, a very short number. With that, uh, we do have a lot more games to get to later today, humans. What do you make of uh, one of the games later on the card, Oregon-St. Mary's? Oregon up to a two-point favorite, total of 130, 131 and a half uh, We talked about this uh, briefly when we opened the show here, but St. Mary's looked pretty solid yeah. against Notre Dame last night in the late-name contest. Uh, Dan Foto was great for them, 22 points off of the bench. In that matchup, and now you get Oregon, who, as we know, disappointed—or uh, no, yeah, disappointed a little early on a semi-home spot against
3: BYU. Boy, I've been—I've <laughs> uh, been really disappointed in the way the Ducks have played early this season. Last night, they—they they struggled in the first half yep. with Chaminade, and uh, if you str- struggle with the silver swords, you got some problems. Uh, I will say this: uh, I bet St. Mary's last night plus one. Against Notre Dame, talked about it on the show yesterday. Said I might do it, and I said, ah, what the hell?" I put a small bet on uh, the Gales last night. That was a coin flip game; could have gone either way. There were a couple questionable calls at the w- at the end. A few questionable calls. Two went against Notre Dame. One went against St. Mary's. So I, I think the Gales got a little bit better of the whistle at the end, but they won the game by three. And what I like about this team is they're tough, mm-hmm. and they got some. Uh, they got an experienced point guard who. He made a couple bonehead plays last night, but for the most part, uh, he got the ball where it needed to be, and he ran the offense pretty well. And St. Mary's has got some shooters. They play smart basketball, well-coached team. I'm not really sure what Oregon is at this point. I understand that the Ducks um, are probably going to draw most of the betting action and here as two-point favorites. I think that a lot of that's based on preseason hype and uh, just the talent on the roster. But St. Mary's looks like a tougher team and a better basketball team. To me right now, early in the season, again, it's, it's not uncommon to see Dana Altman teams drop games in November and December and then all of a sudden start to kick butt in February and March. I kind of lean St. Mary's here, uh, but I'm not sure two points is enough. If you gave me three, three and a half, I would take the Gales. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those games that come, no. goes down to the wire. and uh, I lean St. Mary's, but I don't think I'm going to bet this one tonight. I got a little bit lucky getting a win with St. Mary's last night.
4: Yeah, and I like when for me it's like from a matchup standpoint, uh, what Oregon does defensively on the inside because BYU. Beat them up uh, along the interior. A well, that bit, was right? embarrassing uh, at, on the season, and it's a short sample size. And BYU's so this not is...
3: even a big talented team,
4: right? And you have like forward presence, net, yeah. right with this, with Saint Mary's yeah. in this type of a game. So that for me is going to be interesting because Oregon defensively has had some really quizzical performance. It's not just that, right? Texas Southern against them put up an offensive rating of one hundred two point three. Yeah. Like that's it's not that, really good. That was the first
3: red that. flag to me was when I saw the Ducks struggling with Texas Southern. I said, okay, well, you're to you're gonna sleep through a game. Now and then in the preseason against uh, an opponent you overlook. But, man, it, uh, there's there's been more red flags since.
4: Yep. Uh, the other uh, two more to go over really quickly in college hoops. Uh, what do you make Cincinnati-Arkansas? Uh, Cincinnati right now up on the board. Uh, I'm looking at across uh, five, catching it with a total of 142 or 141.5. This actually opened six in favor of mm-hmm. Arkansas in some spots, so we've seen that dip uh, in favor of the Bearcats here
3: uh Bearcats very impressive win last night they were down early double digits Illinois roared back to win that game by 20 and that was Kofi Coburn the Shaq of the Big Ten his debut last night for the Illini I don't know what's wrong with Brad Underwood's team that's that's an alarming loss last night to get blown out like that after having the early lead Eric Musselman's doing it again man this is one of those guys he can just build a team overnight um he can lose stars to the NBA, and he'll come right back with a Sweet 16 caliber team. By the way, it's final at the Mount Mandalay Bay Invitational. Hmm. Texas A&M 57.50 over Butler. So Aggies get to cover minus two and a half. I like this Arkansas team. I don't want to bet against them. I think five is about the right number, though, because I've upgraded Cincinnati from my preseason power rating too. And um, so I don't. I don't. This is basically right on the number for me. I have five or six in that range. So. It's not going to be a play, but I think these are two teams to watch because Cincinnati's obviously better than a lot of people thought.
4: Yes. Now
3: And maybe Illinois and Michigan are just a lot worse than people thought. I'm not really sure what to make of the Illini and Wolverines right now because you know they got the talent, and they're going to end up putting up some big wins and having a good season. But, man, uh, Big Ten's taking some bad losses here early in the season. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Illinois – uh, some of these teams have, in uh, Michigan State. Some of these teams have taken some bad losses.
4: And then we'll get to Big Ten play, and they'll all beat up on each other, and we'll be like, "How great is this conference? Yeah. Big Ten's best conference in the nation." And they'll all be eliminated by the second weekend. Uh, all right, one more game. <laughs> this is a game that is not sexy in any way whatsoever, uh, but it's you know it, it's in a conference that you and I both follow relatively close in the Mountain West. Uh, what have you made of? You talk about improving and and uh, <laughs> I don't and lower know what to make of matter. What do you make of Nevada? Four straight losses. Uh, we talk about like defense kind of being a problem. The Defense has been a massive problem uh-huh. for the Wolfpack through four games now, uh, giving up the, those 96 points to Santa Clara. San Francisco had a good showing against them. And look, they lost by three to San Francisco, and San Francisco's not a terrible program. But the South Dakota State lost pretty poor. Uh, when they. Were, how about the defensive rating in that game against South Dakota State? 125.8 for them in that contest. Well,
3: Steve Alford's not a good defensive coach, yep. and that's his weakness. When he was at UCLA, his teams were not good defensively. Uh, surprisingly, at New Mexico, those were the best defensive teams he had, I believe. Steve Alford uh, did a good job in Al- Albuquerque. But yeah, this, uh, this team in Reno, I figured, was going to be all offense and no defense. He's kind of like uh, Fran McCaffrey is at Iowa, or you know Roy Williams was at North Carolina. Those guys don't coach defense. They don't coach that end of the floor. But some of the things that have happened here to the Wolfpack uh, the last couple weeks are staggering. 14-point uh, favorite against San Diego, mm-hmm. lose by seven, and they were down big in that game. Uh, lose by 18, actually lose by 22 at Santa Clara. The only game that Nevada has covered was as a six-and-a-half-point dog at San Francisco and yeah. lost by three. And then last night, the stunner of all, a 27-point loss That's to South Dakota State. Now, South Dakota State's not a bad team, but to lose by 27 points and allow 102, that's ridiculous yep so when I saw Nevada as a four point favorite last night I said well there's going to be some George Mason action just because some people might suspect that this Nevada team's falling apart after four straight losses I did not bet the game
4: yeah I, and I am tempted to uh, but from a matchup perspective it is kind of trouble this is George Mason team that uh, likes to shoot the ball they shoot the ball well, mm-hmm. and they actually can have They actually have a pretty good offensive rebounding yeah. rate, and that has been a problem for Nevada. They've been getting up a lot of second-chance points uh, to opponents this season. Like, it's not. I think you're kind of getting a, a little bit of a bargain uh, on the number because the market is coming in I against them. But I don't
3: that. know if you are because yeah. uh, this team might be in disarray right, right now. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And when you lose a game like that, you lose four in a row, you know there's going to be some problems in the locker room. Yep. And uh, especially when you lose by 27 to South Dakota State. By the way, uh, Nevada's got a game coming up against Washington. Mm-hmm. You talk about a team that's hit the skids in the Pac-12. Uh, tell me this is not a bad sign for the Washington basketball program. There's six-point underdogs to South Dakota State today, and there's no way I would bet Washington <laughs> in that game. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, let's move all on right. from there. So back to the National Football League really
4: quickly. Uh, one of the topics of conversation, I think, that, that has been, and rightfully so, at the front and center uh, of this NFL season over the last few weeks is who the hell is the best team in the AFC? Mm-hmm. Right, and I think at this point Patriots. right now, I I would agree with that. So we have an interesting prop up here. So the AFC number one seed odds we can bet on these over at DraftKings. So right now the favorite, rightfully so, because we're currently in control of it. The Titans at two to one. The Ravens follow that up at four to one. As are the Chiefs, Bills at six to one. Interesting. Uh, Patriots at seven to one. Chargers twelve to one. Bengals twenty five to one. And the Colts are at fifty to one. And I I the name that you had it right there, I got to mm-hmm. tell you, the path is there for them to grab it. The New England Patriots, they have games against the Titans and the Buffalo Bills coming up in the next few weeks at 7-1. to I get why they are where they are at because, right, they're going to be underdogs to the Buffalo Bills, you would think, potentially, uh, and then the Titans, of course, uh, they're taking them on this week, but 7-1 to for the New England People Patriots. People love
3: the Bills. Uh, I, I right. see a lot of handicappers on v coming in with Bills plays this week. Uh, the betting public still Not loves the Bills. Guy. Uh, Not you, this guy. You and I were both on the Colts last week, and I'm, I'm – it going to be on the Saints, I think, this week. But uh, we'll talk about best bets next. The Patriots will be the number one seed in the AFC if they beat the Titans this week. Oh,
4: okay. You got me excited. Right. I didn't think you were going to follow that up with a qualifier. I thought you were going to, like, declare Well, they will State. beat the Titans this week. They'll be number, <laughs> but that doesn't mean they'll
3: finish with the number one seed. They've still got two games with the Bills. I think they'll probably split with the Bills. Yep. That's reasonable, right? And actually, if you look at the Pats' schedule, the next four games are tough, but they, they finish with two cupcakes. And I think they got a pretty good shot to get that number one seed, so seven to one odds, not a bad bet there. Yeah. I mean, sir, who else are you gonna bet on that list? Chiefs. Right, no. <laughs> you bet the Chiefs at four to one, probably.
4: I guess, but again, I mean, the mountain decline for them is pretty high, right? Considering some of the losses they take too. So. Well, you gotta
3: think the Titans are gonna start taking more losses, right? Oh yeah. I think so. You're gonna bet the Colts at fifty to one? Uh, they no. got swept by the Titans, that's a problem. I already got them at forty to one to win the AFC. All right, right.
4: we'll come back. Best
3: bets.
2: This is the edge on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: BetMGM the King of Sportsbooks welcomes you with a special offer on Thanksgiving weekend football. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro or college game. If any team scores a touchdown in any Thanksgiving weekend game, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSN200 when you make your first bet. Feast on the football action with live betting and boosted odds specials all weekend long at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older are wagered. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gamble with problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLE. A promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. What was available in Nevada, though, was the Colts at 40-1 win the AFC. That there.
3: was two days ago, Sunday afternoon. That's long gone yes, at BetMGM, now down to 18-1. Did you notice uh, – I'll talk about it later. Okay. What, what do we got for best bets here? All right, so for recap from
4: last night, Pacers, how about this? Didn't have to sweat it. Just smoked the Chicago Bulls last night as a 3.5-point underdog uh, by 32 at one point in that game. So a really bad spot for the Chicago Bulls. And as I mentioned, I think going forward – uh, Pacers, you will see that name uh, somewhat more frequently over the next couple
3: of weeks until,
4: you know, again, it either blows up in the face or the market adjusts on what I think is a team that is getting healthier and
3: better. It's a good call on the Pacers last night. Um, what the hell happened to the Utah Jazz yeah. losing to the Grizzlies? Well,
4: and at one point they were actually up by 12, so you figure that they were going to start to pull away a little bit against Memphis, but that was not the case. And in fact, they blow that and lose it outright to the Memphis Grizzlies last night as nine-and-a-half point favorites. So I uh, couldn't really tell you. I think when you watch this team, I will say, when you watch them when they go to the bench, the bench, which was once much lauded before the season started, had two guys over the top two options to win six-man of the mm-hmm. year, and Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson uh, not very efficient. It's kind of been a problem when they go to the bench. Their offensive efficiency really drops off when Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell leave the floor, and I think that's going to be something to watch for Utah as we head into the later parts of the season. Uh, with that, today – Heat Pistons, we will go under 208 for the play here today. Uh, A couple of things going to this one. uh, The Pistons, as we know, aren't really a great offensive team. Miami Heat, a fantastic defensive team. Six of their previous seven opponents held to fewer than 1.09 points per possession. They turn the ball over at a really high rate defensively. The Miami Heat do. And uh, Killian Hayes is not going to be out there. And surprisingly, when Killian Hayes is not out there for the Detroit Pistons, uh, they get much better defensively. So I think this is just, look, two teams that play at the slower pace, both in the bottom half of the league in terms of pace, uh, two teams that are actually very solid defensively, the Heat being one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Uh, I think this would just be a lower-scoring affair. a 206.5, got up to 208, and I will go under 208.
3: Okay, good deal. Uh, let's talk NFL. What do You got You got two plays for Turkey Day, don't you?
4: Uh, just one for right now. Saints plus four and a half against the uh, Bills. Ooh. Unless sir, we talk about that limit bet that I made over Trevor Simeon. Uh,
3: yes, you're right, and I jumped the gun here. Big time. I, I even jumped the gun yeah. here. I took five with the Bills. Excuse me, I took five with the Saints against the Bills. So you took five? Wow. And right now at the Superbook, the Bills are six-point favorites. Wow.
4: No respect for Trevor, I'm telling you. I think that's support for the Bills, and also uh, Alvin Kamara did not practice. Yeah, again I think today.
3: there's a suspicion here that Alvin Kamara is not going to play for the Saints as well. Which uh, I told you I was I was really hoping he was going to play. I like the Saints as home dogs uh, Thursday night, but man, the betting public loves this Bills team. You could lose to the Jaguars, get blown out by the Colts, and people can just keep supporting. <laughs> him. Yep,
4: uh, Toronto. There is somewhat good news uh, for the Saints today. Teron Armstead was a limited participant in practice each of the last two days, so. Looks like they're offensive. Key line. member of the offensive healthier. line. Yep. Yeah.
3: Circa's a five and a half on the game. Uh, that's really the lowest number in the market. Yeah. So you can grab six if you like the Saints, and <laughs> I do. <laughs> right.
4: You'll all look like fools
3: on Turkey Day. I hope. So I'm not gonna be surprised if the Saints win the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... you talked about it yesterday, Chuck Esposito, Red Rock Sportsbook director, came on and, and trashed your guy, Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. He's got eight T D passes, two interceptions. Now his completion percentage mm-hmm. is like fifty six. Right. Uh, And he looked awful against Philadelphia. Yeah, he's got to be more efficient, and uh, he's made a couple big mistakes that I think people tend to focus on and emphasize. But uh, he's actually been okay. I think it would help him quite a bit to get Alvin Kamara back. But I I would still – the Saints are a more physical defensive team, and I've said this many times. The more I watch the Bills, the more I think they've developed or kind of morphed into a finesse team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think the Saints defensively – hey, if the Jaguars can hold these guys – Talking about Josh Allen and the Bills to six points, I think the Saints defense could be able to hold them down on Thursday night.
4: Yep. And uh, as we have said multiple times, uh, sorry if you don't like hearing it, the Bills' schedule has been absolute cake. They have not really been tested. And uh, we have seen now, especially when the Colts, when yeah. they got tested, folded pretty quickly in that game on Sunday. So just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Not a hater.
3: What do you got? Lost with the Giants last night, 22 and 16 on the show in the NFL. Jason Garrett owes in money. I did put up the. Uh, Jumped the gun here too. Took the Saints plus five uh, this week on uh, Thanksgiving night. I really did not foresee this number going to six, but that's where it is right now, five and a half and six. But taking the points with the Saints and also the Colts uh, plus three with the Buccaneers. Circa has moved to uh, three on that game. Caesars, a couple other spots. Bet yeah, MGM. Bet MGM. A lot of spots at uh, Bucks minus three. I'm not really sure what the Bucks have done in the past month aside from beat a bad Giants team last night, that deserve being three-point road favorites over the Colts. Uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks 0-5 against the spread on the road this season. So a couple of home dogs in the uh, NFL. We're going Saints and Colts. College football. Talked about these this morning with Mitch and Paul. I'm going to play Boise State as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at San Diego State on Friday in the Mountain West. I-, I would say no home field advantage whatsoever here. In fact, the home field might be a negative for San Diego State playing at the small soccer stadium in L.A., 9 a.m. on the morning after Thanksgiving. Are you going to be able to count all the empty seats? (laughs) How many people are going to show up for that game? I'm with you. I have no idea. Hundreds. Hundreds will be in attendance. Uh, Boise State's won four in a row, really started to roll. Last week, the Aztecs outgained by more than 100 yards by UNLV in the game here in Vegas. Uh, The best player the Aztecs have is their kicker and punter, Matt Ariza. I do think he's worth a draft pick. That guy is valuable. I don't know how much you've seen him him this year, but the guy booms 80-yard punts, and he's a good field goal kicker. Uh, Ohio State minus 8 over Michigan. You know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I got to see it to believe it with Jim Harbaugh. Two years ago, the Buckeyes went to Ann Arbor as eight-point favorites, won the game 56-27. The next year, 62-39. They could have put up 80 points in that game. They called off the dogs. I think Ryan Day is going to show no mercy to Michigan this time if he gets a chance. I do think the Wolverines are going to be more competitive. This is a better team on both sides of the ball than Harbaugh's had the past few years. But still, I think Ohio State's too explosive offensively for Michigan. The uh, match scores for four quarters, Ohio State by double digits I'm going Buckeyes minus eight. And I think the wheels are really falling off Michigan State. Spartans got the worst pass defense in college football. Sean Clifford, the Penn State quarterback, was out last week with an illness. Looks like he's okay to come back. Penn State's got some big-time wide receivers who can exploit that pass defense. And, by the way, Kenneth Walker, all banged up, a non-factor against Ohio State. I'm not sure how many times he can get the ball. If he plays this weekend against Penn State, I think he'll play, but I don't think he's going to be all that effective. So we're going Penn State pick over Michigan State. By the way, James Franklin has – yep. Agreed to a ten-year extension at Penn State, and I have to ask, why the hell would Penn State want to keep that guy ten more years? <laughs> what are you talking about? You should have been begging LSU to take him. Right? Seriously,
4: I'm, no, I, we'll trade
3: oh. you James Franklin for two janitors and a, a box of helmets, whatever it takes. To start over, to get a new coach in there, why would you give James Franklin a ten-year extension?
4: So I'm always of the mindset, like you know, you don't always like the grass isn't always greener, right? Like when you get rid of a coach, you have no idea if like it's like it's like Michigan sticking around with Jim Harbaugh, right? Like you don't know if you're not going to get the guy who can. Well, at least I would, get st- nine I would wins stick a with year, right?
3: Harbaugh at Michigan. I really would because, like you said, you don't know. By the way, you know who the last Michigan coach to beat Ohio State was? No, Brady Hoke, 2011. Really? Yeah, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> but like the current San Diego State coach. But
4: to your point, yeah. you, you, don't know, you don't know the grass is always greener, right? But at the same time, that doesn't mean you tie yourself to a guy that I think is – Ten years. For ten years. Why? What's the point? Because you're scared of losing him, right? It's, it's Why exactly would Michigan you be scared State of losing him? Did. Right. Well, it's exactly what Michigan State did, right? Mm-hmm. They're scared of losing Mel Tucker. It's been a good year. So then you pay through the nose ten years, $95 million. Man. And then what happens <laughs> the second that you sign him, well, then you go out there and you get your doors blown off. So.
3: I like Mel Tucker. I think he's pretty – Pretty good coach. He's got the right personality for that program. But he's a defensive-minded coach, and you got the worst pass defensive college yep, football. You get $95 million in 10 years for that? Yep, I agree. Uh, so James Franklin and Mel Tucker in the Extension Bowl in the East Lansing this weekend. And I'm, I hate to say it, but I, my money's on James Franklin. I hate that. I, yeah. hate that. I hate to bet on James Franklin. But uh, we're going that way. Uh, one play in college hoops tonight. Took the five-and-a-half. Actually, I took six this morning with UCLA, but I sent it to Matt Santos, our producer, when it was five and a half. So I get stuck with a bad number here, but that's okay. Um, I think the Bruins can keep this in the, you know, like a one or two possession game in the final uh, minute and uh, have a shot to win it, even without Cody Riley. That's my biggest concern is I thought that he was going to be a big factor in this game, and it looks like he's not going to play for the Bruins.
4: Yep, big test for Gonzaga defense uh, on the interior because they have not faced – Anything. A better this bet point. this nope. week,
3: and I have a smaller bet on this, just to be honest, a smaller bet on UCLA tonight. I'll have a bigger bet on Duke against Gonzaga on yes. Friday.
4: Yeah. yeah. Can't wait for that matchup. It's going to be fantastic. All right. We're all done. v uh slash subscribe. Check out everything we have to offer. v slash podcast as well. It's a big show tomorrow. Big one. We unveil the power rankings of the best <laughs> Thanksgiving foods. It'll be controversial, but it'll be fantastic. Storm Bonetoni's coming up next.